Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Greg Barnes and John Bowman. Guys, you are down in the Bahamas. The UNC basketball team had had a couple of exhibition games down there. Inside Carolina was on location. Greg, you know, I mean, considering how many places you've been to to cover the heels, you know, I'm sure it just brings a tear to your eye when you are forced to go to the Bahamas, right? Uh, Absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those, those bad places that you have to go and deal with the sunshine and the 80 degree weather but that's uh you know that's that's why we are in the big bucks that's right and then john man uh is this your first time i guess traveling outside the country to cover unc it is it's actually my first time outside the country period so i'm super excited that i was able to make the trip and i had a really great time uh, watching some basketball nice well look if it's your first time leaving the the continental usa there. There are definitely worse places you can go to than to watch the Heels play in the Bahamas. Now, before we actually start talking about the games itself, though, guys, John, this question's for you, man. What did it feel like when the video of that insane dunk by Seventh Woods went viral and got picked up on the ESPN Top 10? Oh, man, it was a crazy experience, to say the least, uh, from recording the video to seeing it go viral. I think the key point to emphasize right off the bat is it was the last play of the game. So I was already at kind of at the point where maybe I should stop recording. So I kind of just luckily went down to courtside and pressed record on my camcorder to get the last play of the game. And I was expecting Seventh Woods to dribble out the clock. But instead, he kind of crosses right in front of me and goes up for this insane dunk that I hadn't seen him be capable of before other than on YouTube videos when he was like 14. So it was insane to watch that live happen. And then after it happened, getting the video online, watching it go viral on the Inside Carolina Twitter account, watching other media uh, organizations pick it up. And then finally, uh, the last thing that was really cool was recording the TV in my hotel room this morning as ESPN played Inside Carolina's clip. Were all super cool experiences. Um, Kind of lucky to get that clip, but an amazing dunk by Seventh Woods and a really cool experience to watch it go viral. Greg, just real quick, did the fact that Seventh got up there and actually threw that one down, did you see that coming at all? No, not not at that point in the game. Like, like John, I kind of thought it was it was over. And just fortunately, I, I happened to be paying attention there in the final second instead of trying to get a, a story out. But I think the good thing about that dunk um, is that it kind of allowed people to see that he's got his athleticism back. And he is a kid who has battled injury his first two years, finally got healthy towards the end of last year. Uh, but by that point in time, he hadn't played a whole lot. So Roy was not comfortable using him you know, in, in postseason. And you know, I talked to him uh, actually in, in North Carolina, I guess down in uh, in Charlotte for the NCAA tournament after that 
opening win over at Lipscomb. And he was talking about how he finally felt healthy and he felt good. And he was hoping this was going to be a, a deep tournament run. And, you know, of course, North Carolina loses that day in him. So I think it, it really kind of showcases that, hey, this is a kid who, who's kind of back where he needs to be health-wise. And that's important because in watching him play on Friday, he played great defensively. Uh, you know, he, he had some good moments offensively, highlighted by that dunk, of course. And so you know, he's not a guy I think you can necessarily write off. He's going to provide valuable minutes for this team this year. Well, let's start talking about the first game then, guys, before we transfer to the one that happened earlier today. For those listening, the full report is up on InsideCarolina.com, so make sure that everyone goes there to read that. Uh, but, Greg, starting with you here, you know, these exhibition games, obviously they're not playing against the best competition, and clearly Roy is using these to just really see what he has in the team. So starting with the starting lineup, I think maybe some people could have been surprised that Nas Little did not start. Frankly, though, for those that actually have been following Roy Williams, it wasn't a shock to me personally. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I doubt that you were too surprised either to see him start off on the bench. Yeah, I would have been more shocked if, if Nas would have started the game. Same goes with Kobe. I, that's just you know, Roy Williams does. And the fact that you know, Nas Little and, and Leaky Black and Kobe White, I don't know that they've practiced 10 times with the team yet. And so to expect guys that have that little experience to come in and start, that's not going to happen. But we, we do know that Kobe and Nas especially um, have, have played a lot with the white team in practice. Uh, that's always a good sign. But I'll tell you, in, in watching Seventh Woods, as I mentioned earlier, he looked pretty good. Uh, Brandon Robinson has put on a little bit of weight, uh, but he's much more comfortable in what he's supposed to be doing. And in watching Seventh and Brandon and Kenny Williams work together defensively in that starting lineup, they looked really good. I mean, that was a very capable uh, defensive unit. And I, you know, it would not surprise me if Roy Williams used that lineup at times, maybe to kind of slow down a, a hot shooting team or something like that because they have good length, they have good effort, good energy all those kinds of things. Uh, and so I, I think more than anything, it really just speaks to the number of combinations that Roy Williams is going to be able to use this year. And one of those combinations involved Kobe White playing the point guard spot. And it sounded from the news that came out from that first game that he had a pretty good performance. John, what'd you see about Kobe and his ability to, to run the point there in that first game down in the Bahamas? Yeah, I was very impressed with what Kobe White did in his first two games in a North Carolina uniform. The first time I got to see him was in the Josh Level Classic in Greensboro earlier this year. And I was impressed then at his competitiveness. This was just kind of a charity game, but he was very competitive and didn't back away from any challenges. And he was attacking in that game as well. So I think what we saw in the Bahamas was kind of a continuation of that, especially on the attacking end. As soon as Kobe gets the ball, just even coming out of an out-of-bounds play or under the basket after a made basket by the other team. Kobe's got his head up. He's attacking. And it's really impressive to watch him at a young age, not even a freshman yet, be able to get to the rim and finish uh, with both hands. So that was really impressive to watch. And I think also the competitiveness uh, is something that Tar Heel fans are really going to come to appreciate over the years because in this Josh Level Classic game, he wasn't backing away from anyone who kind of challenged him. He would take one-on-one matchups as they came. And then even in this small-time Bahamas game, Kobe White was kind of ready to 
take the charges and make the plays that needed to be made. So he definitely has that winning basketball mentality. So I think those two things were super impressive to see out of Kobe. And there's a lot of room for growth as well. There were a couple of turnovers that he had. They were just sort of silly turnovers showing that there's a lot of room for growth uh, as he goes along in his career. So it was impressive to watch him uh, kind of just scratching the surface of what he could be as a Tar Heel. So, Greg, let's hear your thoughts on the point guard position and also touch on kind of the level of competition that the Heels faced in this first game because from looking at the box score, it sounded as if maybe it was a bit of a tougher test than the one that happened on Saturday. Well, yeah, I think with the second game, we just kind of need to push that to the side. <laughs> that, <laughs> that team, uh, it may, I may as well have been out there. John may have made them look better than they were. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I could have played with them probably. So that we didn't learn a whole lot in the second game, uh, other than seeing these guys uh, go through the the schemes and the sets and pushing the ball and and all those kind of things. The first game, that I, you know, the competition was pretty good. You know, it wasn't you know, ACC caliber necessarily, but you know, those guys were were part of the kind of an all star team on some of the, the national teams, and those guys could play with, with pretty much you know anybody. They lost. To Notre Dame a few weeks ago by 10 points. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a perspective. But you know, and with regard to the, the point guard position, um, I think the fact that you know, I think John kind of nailed it with, with Kobe, you know, it stands out to me more than anything is, is just the confidence and the attacking style. Uh, you know, he's, he's a different player than Ty Lawson, so you know, I'm not saying he's Ty Lawson. But you know, if you watch Ty Lawson, he was a guy who, when he got the ball, he was coming at you every single time. Um, he, he wasn't going to take his time, and uh, you know, maybe on this play he'd come at you, maybe not. But he was aggressive all the time. And on Friday especially, Kobe was that way. And that was that's what caught my attention more than anything. I mean, yes, we know he's a good scorer. He's got good size. He's a good athlete. All these kind of things we, we've known. But just the way that, that he kind of showcased that, that confidence really stood out. When you factor in that he's got that offensive skill set, I think that's what's going to separate him. You know, Seventh Woods has made strides. He, he's he's healthy. He's a very good defender. I think he can be a valuable key for this team. But I, I think eventually, as we get far, you know, further along into the season, Kobe's probably going to take over that position. And then you know, on Saturday, uh, with the seventh, uh, he hurt his back when he fell on that dunk. So he tried to go and play the first two minutes. And uh, he got set out the rest of the game. But that allowed Leaky Black to get some time. Mm-hmm. So you know, Leaky looks pretty good. You know, he's a guy that you know, he can play really any of the one, two, three spots. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to be you know, the, the one or the two option at point guard this year. But he can give you valuable minutes. And then K.J. Smith, Kenny Smith's kid, uh, he looked pretty good at times. He, he's got a good court vision about him. So now we're talking about a team where last year – yeah, that was kind of a question mark because Theo Pinson's having to play point a little bit. And now you've got you know, really four options probably that you feel comfortable with. And so I think Roy probably likes that dynamic, but that also goes back to the fact that he's got an incredible amount of depth with this team. Well, look, you mentioned Ty Lawson there, and any comparison to, to him is, is exceedingly high praise. The thing I would ask is, you know, obviously Kobe is, what, five, six inches taller than Ty? I mean, Ty was 5'11". Yeah, 4 or 5 inches. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and the and I would say this too. You know, the the player that in watching film from the recruiting circuit, mm-hmm. you know, what I've always kind of had penciled in in my brain is uh, Kobe's kind of a guy that reminds you of Joe Forte a little bit. Yeah. Just how how good of an efficient scorer he is. But then he's got that you know kind of aggressive mindset that, that a Lawson does. And so yeah, I. I always struggle with the comparisons just because people say, oh, wow, this is the next Ty Lawson, and you don't ever want to do that. But just if you just think about those key components of those guys' play, that's what Kobe brings to the table. And if he can maximize those things, obviously you're talking about a very good player here. Yeah, and I I was just going to say about the shooting because Ty did eventually become a very reliable shooter from anywhere on the court, especially from the three-point range. But in my opinion, Kobe's kind of got that right now. Let's talk about Leaky Black real quick, though. John, I saw that you tweeted out that Leaky had um, a couple pretty good-looking assists, but then it sounds as if Leaky was able to make a defensive play, start a break, but then kind of just couldn't get things finished off. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, what did you observe there as a potential area of growth for Leakey as he learns you know, the college system and um, just the speed of, at this level? Yeah, I think that's something that you saw with all three of the freshmen when they were playing in the games this week, just sort of making sort of silly passes that they might have been able to get away with in high school games or even on the AAU circuit where there isn't quite as much defense. But then when you're kind of transferred into a setting like you even saw a little bit uh, this week in the Bahamas, but that you're definitely going to see an ACC play, you really have to cut down on the mental mistakes because Roy Williams will also preach this, but every possession really matters, so you can't have the turnovers. Uh, With Leakey specifically, I think he has a really interesting skill set. The the skill you referenced there was really a result of his long arms, and that's something that Tar Heel fans are going to have to kind of get used to seeing if you're Guarding the other team's point guard, you're not used to having such long arms there at the top of the North Carolina's defense. That could be a real asset for North Carolina's defense. And I think he's has potential to really start uh, fast breaks. He's not quite there yet. Some of his playmaking ability is kind of raw, but I think there's a lot of potential there with his frame. And then sort of that mindset will continue to be developed as, where do I take my chances where do I make the plays that can help my team versus kind of unnecessary risks? All right, let's go ahead and move on to the different position groups there. I wanted to spend a little bit of extra time on the point guard spot because I think that's by far the most unknown of the roster positions heading into this season. But before we continue with the discussion, we're going to do one of our brand new live reads. I think Tommy may have done this one in his last podcast, so if it sounds familiar, I apologize everyone. But we have actually partnered with another local sponsor, and this is going to be a personal favorite of mine. Hopefully it's everyone's as well, but it's Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill. They have partnered with Inside Carolina to offer you guys a great deal here. Our guys at Jersey Mike's, who are Charlie, Clint, and Griffin, they're all three UNC fans and local residents who love the Tar Heels. And the deal right now at Jersey Mike's Subs of Chapel Hill is a 15% off discount on online orders. Now the code is HEELS15, so that's HEELS15, all one word. And it is an online promotion only. So you go to jerseymikes.com backslash order, show the location nearest you, click order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter HEELS15 and get that 15% off. 
so you can skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. Do it today. Place that online order at one of the four locations in the Chapel Hill area, the one off of Elliott Road, MLK off of 140, and Falcon Bridge on 54 off of I-40. And there's also one in Hillsboro that's off of exit 261. There's no denying that Jersey Mike subs are delicious, so take advantage of this deal and support the IC podcast. That's Heels 15 for 15% off of your online order at jerseymikes.com. All right, guys. So hopefully that, that didn't make everyone too hungry there. Um, we're recording this kind of late at night, so hopefully y'all had some dinner. I'd hope so. Maybe some, um, what is it, fried conch? I, I don't know how you pronounce it correctly. but that, that That's right. That's exactly. That's the big thing down here for whatever reason. I've had that before, but I have not had that this trip. I've had it in the past. It's interesting. <laughs> um, but, hey, let's go ahead and start talking about the shooting guards and small forwards. I'm going to kind of group those together because – Roy does like to really play around with those two positions. It's clear that he likes to have multiple guys on the floor who can all hit from the outside. As we alluded to earlier, you know, Nas, who maybe a lot of people have moving into that starter position, didn't actually begin there. It was Brandon Robinson who started on Friday. But it sounds as if all of those guys at that shooting guard small forward position had pretty efficient scoring during that, that game on Friday. Greg, start us off on this one. You know, what did you kind of observe about the wing players in that initial game? Well, I think the kind of the key, the key thing that we've kind of I think missed with the coverage because it was so exciting with Seventh Woods, and then you've got you know, Kobe and Nas kind of making their debuts, and then Leaky, of course, on Saturday. You, you get so excited with the new and the now and the, the highlight reel. But to me, on Friday, the best player on the court for North Carolina early in the game probably the first half, at least the first quarter, was Kenny Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, a, he's a savvy veteran now, great defender. We all know that. Looking for a sh- shot a little bit more. He's very good out in transition, knocked down a, a number of threes. Uh, and so he just really kind of steadied that, that backcourt. And he's going to have to do that. You know, he's, he's been used to having Theo Pinson and Joel Berry to kind of lean on. Well, now he's the guy. He's the guy that's got to make sure that you know, when things don't go right – How's everybody going to act? He's got to be that leader and say, all right, look, settle down. We've got it. And I think he can do that. Uh, but he played you know, a very good first half Friday. He was solid Saturday. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the, the kind of the key guy to, to think about there. And then you know, Brandon Robinson showed some, some glimpses, but he's, he's gotten better, as I mentioned earlier. You know, good defensive player. Andrew Playtech, I think, you know, to me, he was probably the most improved player of the returning guys this weekend. Uh, you know, he, he made a point on Friday. He got on the court, and you could see him kind of looking around, and he starts going, you know, talk, talk. We're not talking. Everybody needs to talk. And I asked him about it after the game. He said, yeah, he said, you know, I, I realize I'm like the oldest guy out there probably, even though he's, he's yeah. a sophomore. Uh, but he's comfortable with what he's doing. You know, he, he understands – what he needs to be doing. He understands what Roy Williams wants him to do. And I think on both ends of the court, he's just matured a lot. And I think he's going to be a really good player by the time he leaves North Carolina. And he may not be a, an all-star type guy, but he's going to be a Kenny Williams type. Can knock down some shots, a very good defender, great leader. Roy Williams has had a ton of those guys over the years. But I think he's kind of set up to, to move into that role as, as this season goes along and into the coming years. And then, of course, you know, Nas, uh, just a, a freak of an athlete. He's got a pro body right now. He's got crazy long arms, which is going to help him defensively. 
He's got some, some offensive skills that are just impressive. It, it, he did not dominate the games this weekend, um, and I think maybe some people thought that he would. But you can tell just watching him that uh, he's got an incredible amount of talent. You know, we always talk about Kenny Williams. I'll, I'll use him as an example. He'll go out and score 16 points, and you think, wow, that was a really quiet 16 points. We look at Nas' stat line this weekend, and he's like, wow, he only scored 10 points? Because you watch him, you see these highlight plays and these speeds you know, of athleticism. You're like, man, that guy's unbelievable. And then he's, you know, he did it a couple times. So as he gets more comfortable and grows into things, you're going to see him becoming just that incredible dynamic player for the Tar Heels. Uh, but, you know, it's, like John said earlier, there's going to be some growing pains for these young guys. And I think you know, Nas is part of that as well. Absolutely, and in Roy Williams' system, I mean, it is difficult to pick up, especially for freshmen. We've seen that even guys, you know, probably Nas, in my opinion, is the most talented recruit that UNC has had on campus since Harrison Barnes. And even then, you know, Barnes kind of, it wasn't smooth sailing from day one. But, um, John, you again, going back to social media and everyone out there that's listening, if you are not following the Inside Carolina social media and especially John himself, make sure that you do that because one of the names that you mentioned, Greg, was Andrew Playtech. And I think you gave him a shout out, John, by mentioning that he was getting those uh, court burns by really just showing the hustle out there. So talk about him. And then I also want to get your thoughts on Nas. Yeah, I'll start with Playtech, and I want to echo Greg's comments about how impressed I was with Andrew Playtech kind of making that freshman year leap to sophomore year, kind of what we're going to be able to see from him this season. He's not a guy who played a lot uh, in his freshman year, but he did play, and I think he got some minutes and some moments that, uh, you know, were some big moments there. So that definitely seems to have paid off. And along with sort of a summer's worth of work, he looks like a much improved player. There was one point in the game on Friday where he was uh, on the wing and he sort of just was all by himself. And he kind of went for a pass in at, the, at first. And maybe freshman season he would have tried to pass it away. But he had a wide open shot. So he just sort of collected himself, gathered himself, rose up and drained a three-pointer. So that was kind of a moment for me that realized that Andrew Playtech kind of has more confidence and he can kind of use the skills that he's been growing, especially with his three-point shooting, that he can kind of uh, build on that into his sophomore season and really be a key piece for the Tar Heels. Uh, with Nazir, it's very exciting to watch him in person, just sort of to set the stage wearing this kind of nondescript building, nondescript gym. And Nazir Little is throwing out these dunks in the warm-up line that are straight out of like an NBA dunk contest. You can see I put a couple of them up on the YouTube page for Inside Carolina, but they're extremely impressive. You kind of see him flying through the air, so Tar Heel fans will want to make sure they get there early in uh, the winter for the games because they'll want to watch kind of him warm up. It's just to see that is impressive. But I also want to kind of agree with Greg that he did not kind of overwhelm with his athleticism during the game. And I think the biggest thing for him going forward is he has to find the spots where he can showcase his skills within the offense because these kind of highlight reel dunks still come organically within many of North Carolina's half-court sets. So the way he showed off his skills athleticism-wise in the Bahamas was offensive rebounding. He had a couple key putbacks that were really impressive. 
they just sort of soared over everyone. And in transition, he kind of would break away for a couple of dunks. And he had one massive dunk on Friday that was kind of not quite from the free throw line, but kind of very far out. That was very impressive to see. So the next step will be in the half-court offense. How does he kind of keep the ball moving, still feed the post players when it's time, but also kind of find his shots. And that'll be a growing pain that'll kind of go throughout the season, I think. But the potential is there, and it's really exciting to see him play for sure. And let's not forget Brandon Robinson either, because he did get the nod at the starting position. I've always been pretty high on on B-Rob. I think he's been very underrated during his time at Carolina. And, you know, I think it it shows that Roy Williams does have a decent amount of faith in him to have him start. Greg, what did you see from from Brandon during these games? Well, I think the key thing with Brandon is just kind of the energy that he plays with. Defensively, he's, he's gotten to be really good. Um, you know, there were times early in his career where maybe he's out of position, but he seems to kind of embrace that. And he, he understands what he needs to do there, and I think that's kind of his, his greatest asset. And he's good in transition, and I think, you know, he's still got to improve the offensive skill set. You know, he's got to be more effective in the in the half court. But, you know, there, there's enough there. And like with Roy, I mean, if, you, if you're a veteran – uh, you can play good defense. You play with effort. Um, you can show some leadership. You can take advantage of scoring opportunities. He's going to give you some opportunities. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Brandon. And, uh, again, you know, we can talk about the depth of this team where you've got some high-end guys. You know, we know what Luke May can do, right? We know what Cameron Johnson can do. We have an idea of what Kobe and what Nazir Little can do. And then you've got some guys that you maybe aren't going to play as much. But then you've also got this huge collection in the middle, and Brandon's a part of that group, that Roy Williams has all kinds of options to say, okay, how do we want to put this lineup together? How do I want to make this work? Uh, And knowing how he likes to use rotations, we're going to see an ungodly amount of rotations in November and December. And I, I imagine he's going to have a lot of fun with it. He will, and you know, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of tinkering during the early part of the season. I mean, like you said, Greg Roy does love to do that, and you know, the schedule is obviously built like that. The really the toughest games are not until uh, a couple weeks in, so I definitely think that we'll see that again. Let's talk about the post players now, guys. And John, I'm going to start with you for this one. Um, Huffman had an incredible game on Saturday. I think everyone kind of had a decent game on Friday. So just looking at the post players, you know, who really stood out to you and what was kind of your big takeaway from watching them? So I think the biggest kind of standout performance was on Saturday with Brandon Huffman. Now the major caveat there is that for all of UNC's post players on Saturday, the competition wasn't really there. Brandon Huffman really did look like a man among boys on the court, so he was kind of able to do what he wanted. With all that being said, it was really impressive to see sort of a dominant offensive game from Brandon Huffman because that is something that we have not seen at all from him in terms of he hasn't really been counting on counted on to score the basketball or really showcase his offensive abilities, abilities during his freshman season. So to kind of see him dominate and take over a game, he was dunking every ball that he could, He was aggressive on the defensive boards and offensive boards, blocking shots. Uh, I believe he blocked a shot. It bounced off uh, kind of the wall of the gym and then hit a ref on Saturday. Just a crazy (laughs) thing to see Brandon Huffman do. So that was very impressive to watch. Um, I was also sort of 
not really impressed, but um, I saw the kind of steady potential that Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley had. They were sort of catching the ball and finishing everything that the guards gave them. So that was good to see from a perspective of, you know, there were some issues with that during their freshman season. So I think they've all put in work over the off season, And that's something that Roy Williams also mentioned in the post-game press conference, kind of praising that they've all put in all this hard work over the summer and it's going to pay off for them with a better sophomore season. And then Greg, obviously the arguably most constant player on the Tar Heel roster going into this season is Luke May. He started at the four position I think that was something that Tar Heel fans have been going back and forth on is if we would see kind of that small ball lineup with Luke at the five or if Roy would go back to what he's most comfortable with, um, the two big lineup with Luke being the four. That's how it started off on Friday. Talk to us about that and then just what you saw from Luke over the weekend. Well, you can learn a lot if you listen to Roy Williams and his comments. And there, there are two comments that he made this weekend that really stood out to me. And since, since John's talking about Huffman, I'll add that first, and then I'll get to the other one, which pertains to May. But I asked, I asked Roy you know, what Brandon needs to do to, to translate a game against the competition he played on Saturday to you know, the season, to where he can be that productive in the season. And Roy's comment was, well, he's got to be able to do it against guys that we play against, which is obvious. But then he said he's also got to be able to do it against his own teammates. And that, to me, speaks volumes about, okay, this is not as if Huffman is doing this in practice, and it's just a matter of when it's going to come in the games. You know, we hear a lot where you know, Luke May is a good example, where when he finally broke out last year, what was Kenny and Theo saying? We've been seeing that for years. We were just waiting for it to happen. Um, so you know, I think you have to be careful with, with Huffman's game. He really utilized – his size against smaller competition. I think it, it kind of shows that he's got potential, but I think he's still got a ways to go. And I think Roy's comment, you know, kind of, kind of was 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 telling about that. Now with Luke, after Friday's game, because Luke didn't look, he didn't play very well, and uh, he had a few good moments, but for the most part, it was just kind of out there. And after the game, Roy made the comment that you, know, I I got mad at Luke, and he he took it and said. And I told the other guys, if I can get mad at Luke, I can get mad at anybody. And that, again, is very telling to me because that speaks to how highly Roy thinks of Luke and what he's done and his work ethic and all those kind of things. And that is a very Tyler Hansbrough-ish comment because Roy could just hype, you know, he could hype up Hansbrough as much as he wanted. He, he, could, he could lay as much praise as he wanted to on him, and he knew that Hansbrough was going to go to work every single day. And I think Luke's kind of that same way. And that he just gets after it. And if he didn't have a good game, he's going to you know, work even harder the next day. And so that I think that says a lot about what Roy Williams expects out of Luke May. So regardless of what happened this weekend, he, you know, he played better on, on Saturday. But he is a guy that is going to be the cornerstone of this team. Uh, and I think as a leader, as, as a veteran guy, as someone who, who did it last year, had an incredible year, I really think Roy Williams is kind of looking to Luke to lead this team and to be that example of a player both on and off the court. All right, John, any follow-up to that, man? Yeah, I think with Luke's play on Friday, it was kind of surprising to see him, you know, not really dominate or, you know, sort of take over the game. But I think he sort of earned the ability to kind of have a shaky game, and that doesn't really change our outlook or perception of him at all. 
he was a little bit more uh, into the normal Luke May that we've gotten used to that he played as his junior year on Saturday. You know, he kind of picked up a couple buckets uh, on offensive rebounds. He was active on the glass. But I think overall, Luke May really didn't have anything to prove coming here into the Bahamas. He talked about sort of the biggest thing for him on this trip was sort of being that senior leader and making sure that everyone had a good time off the court as well. So I think that was sort of where Luke's priorities lie, uh, were uh, kind of biggest in on this trip. And I think that, you know, Luke will be just fine heading into the fall, sort of echoing Greg's comments there that Roy Williams thinks very highly of him. All right. Well, guys, let's take another quick break here and let's talk about our other local sponsor. And everyone listening has heard us mention this several times now, and it's HeelsTravel.com. Now, this is Chuck Joyce, who's a diehard UNC fan and Greensboro native. He has partnered up with the Inside Carolina podcast crew to help him get the word out that there is a better way for UNC fans to travel to away games. Right now, Heels Travel is selling packages for the Cal UNC game. Package includes round-trip airfare from RDU to San Francisco, round-trip bus rides to and from the airport hotel, and a three-night stay at the Hotel Chautauk Plaza in Berkeley, California. The travel package make, makes things easy. It takes away all the headache of booking, of finding the best price, and any hassle associated with traveling to away games, so it makes things as easy as possible for you, the fan. They have only two packages left for the Cal game, so you have to act quickly to get this. It's HeelsTravel.com, or you can call 336-855-0060 to book. That's HeelsTravel.com, or call 336-855-0060. Now, the Hotel Chautauk is less than half a mile from the airport and adjacent to the BART Metro system, which everyone has said is the easiest way to get you to and from San Francisco. So you can enjoy your time in the Bay Area and also catch the Heels football game. Visit HeelsTravel.com or call 336-855-0060. Also, be on the, on the lookout for bus packages to Eastern Carolina for the second game of the season and also going up to Virginia on October 27th. All of these trips will be leaving from Chapel Hill. And Heels Travel will also be creating packages for when the Tar Heel basketball team heads to Las Vegas over November 22nd through the 23rd for the Las Vegas Invitational, as well as the CBS Sports Classic against Kentucky in Chicago on December 22nd. So, Greg, sounds, uh, you know, like that Chicago game on, on December 22nd. I mean, isn't it just terrible that Inside Carolina keeps on making you go to these just, you know, ends of the earth places, uh, I mean, frozen tundras and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> Well, to be fair, I can dish out a, a list of places that I wouldn't want anybody to have to go. So there is some give and take. But yeah, uh, Chicago Christmas time is always, always fun. Yeah, that, that should be a really great one. So everyone be, be on the lookout for that package. But let's go ahead, guys, and start wrapping this one up here. You know, John, let's go ahead and start with you here, man, since you are the, the, the young wolf here. What was your overall takeaway from this weekend? I mean, what did you see from Roy Williams? What did you see from the team that you think Tar Heel fans kind of do need to remember once the season gets started in earnest? I think sort of my biggest overall takeaway was just excitement at seeing some of what this team could be, especially adding in sort of these three young freshmen. All of them are exciting for different reasons. You know, Nazir is exciting for the pro potential. There's talk of him being potentially the number one NBA draft pick, so that'll be sort of exciting to watch that play out. But he's also an amazing athlete. With Kobe, 
you know, as we've talked about before, he's an attacking guard. He really fits Roy Williams' system very well, so that'll be exciting to see. And Leaky Black, he's just so long. He's uh, got a lot of potential as well. He could play point guard, which is an interesting storyline to watch. So all three of these freshmen have the ability to kind of be interesting right off the bat, but what stuck out this weekend is that they all seem ready to kind of make an impact immediately. There were some questions last year about how many of the freshman bigs could contribute immediately in ACC play. And I think what we saw in the Bahamas this weekend, at least a little bit, is that the freshmen will be able to come in and make an instant impact, which is really exciting uh, as you start to get ahead to November and December looking at the schedule. There are some big games. So the idea that these freshmen could kind of make their impact and you know swing the outcome of these games is super exciting to watch. Uh, one specific kind of takeaway that I have sort of the enduring the biggest enduring image for me was actually with seventh woods it was a defensive play seventh woods kind of went into a charge position and the guy bowled into him and he took a charge and as seventh woods was getting up I kind of caught this on my video camera he cracked this humongous smile I think he was joking with the defending player about the call or something but I haven't really seen seventh woods smile that big since he's gotten to UNC so it's kind of cool to see maybe that he's kind of turning the page now that he's healthy, he's playing better. We'll kind of see him get uh, be a kind of a happier or different Seventh Woods. He's normally very stoic. So I thought that was also a good sign to see, just to see that Seventh Woods is playing well. He's also feeling good and enjoying himself out there on the court. All right, Greg, same question to you, man. Go ahead and take us home with your overall takeaways. Yeah, I think John has a lot of good points there. And I think, I think people need to – to realize and understand, and a lot already do, uh, but this is a this is a special freshman class. I mean, this is this is a freshman class that I think you're going to be talking about with some of the better ones that Roy Williams has brought in. We actually were talking about that before the game uh, on Saturday. Just you know, where does it rank with you know the the Lawson class uh, with, with Wayne Ellington and, and Brendan Wright or or the Harrison Barnes and Reggie Bullock class. Uh, and, and some of those, I, I think we're going to have those discussions this year and in the years to come. I think it is that talented of a group. But then the other thing is really the fact that this is such an incredibly deep team. Uh, there, there are so many people who can come in, give you quality minutes. Um, I think the competition is going to be very good. Uh, I think you still see a lot of potential out of guys like Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley. They're not there yet, but you maybe they're they're making some strides to – uh, to, to kind of get there and, and reach, you know, maybe not all ACC caliber quite yet, but kind of reach even that potential down the line. I think that's going to be critical for this team. Uh, and we saw so many bodies play this weekend, and Cam Johnson wasn't even one of them. You know, he's, he's still out. And so when you add him to the mix, now you're talking about, okay, we, we've seen what Nas can do. Uh, we know what Cam can do. What do you do on the perimeter? I mean, are you going to have situations where you're going to have a six-five Kobe White, a six-six Nas Little, and a six-nine Cam Johnson on the court together? I, mean, I think that could happen. And now you're talking about it in a you know crazy big lineup. But just with the the number of bodies that Roy has, he's going to be able to get very creative. Uh, there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of veteran leadership here. So I think there's a lot of pieces in place for North Carolina uh, to be a really good team this year. As you mentioned earlier, John, I think for a lot of people, the question was, you know, what is the point guard situation going to look like? And, you know, I, I've, I've seen all the video. I, I've seen what Kobe White can do. 
against you know high school competition. But actually seeing him with his teammates and playing and trying to run really in system, there's no question in my mind that, that he can run it and he can run it successfully. Uh, and then when you add in kind of with seventh finally being healthy, I don't think point guard's really that, that big of a question anymore. Um, we'll still have to see how it plays out. So early, obviously. But you you wrap up that position and you feel good about that position. And you look at the rest of the team and say, wow, this, this is a deep and talented team. And, and so I think it's going to be a fun year. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that people are going to be able to talk about. And I don't think we're going to know who the core members of this lineup are other than you know, certain few until we get deep in ACC play. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's awesome perspective from both of you. Uh, really appreciate it. Again, for everyone listening in, to get the full scoops, including the game-by-game breakdowns, video breakdowns, and everything in between, check out InsideCarolina.com on the Premium Basketball Message Board. For now, though, we'll sign off. Greg, John, hope you guys have safe travels back home, and we'll be talking with you both again soon. All right, thanks, John. Thanks. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.